Preface to a Study of British Genius by Havelock Ellis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Leon Harvey. Preface For many years past, material has been growing under my hands, bearing on the psychological and anthropological characteristics of genius, and from time to time I have examined these data and reached certain more or less secure conclusions. These conclusions, together with a summary of the material on which they are founded, I hope to set forth in a series of volumes. In the meanwhile, however, I am absorbed in another task, which will yet take some years to complete, and since life is short, I have thought it well not to delay longer the publication of the first of my studies of genius. It deals with a subject which can scarcely fail to be of interest to most of us, even apart from the biological questions involved, and as it stands, it seems to illustrate by a single concrete example of the first importance the genius Great Britain made the special characteristics of genius generally. In the past, the phenomena of genius have mostly been approached from two distinct standpoints. In the first place, they were dealt with by alienists, who, being impressed by the fact that certain men of eminent genius had presented symptoms which may properly be termed insane, became unduly inclined to attribute insanity to the manifestations of genius generally. On the other hand, the subject has more recently been taken up by anthropologists who have ignored altogether the psychiatric, and even for the most part the psychological aspects of genius. Mr. Galton is the earliest and most distinguished exponent of this highly important aspect of the study of genius. In the prefatory chapter to the second edition, 1892, of Hereditary Genius, Mr. Galton has admitted that it is not the only aspect, stating that some place must be given to the study of genius as a mental anomaly, an inborn excitability and peculiarity. My own attempt to investigate the phenomenon of genius may be said to start from the point where Mr. Galton's left off, though my standpoint was reached some years before, 1892. My method of approaching the group corresponds, so far as the data allow, with that which, in France, Dr. Toulouse has recently adopted so brilliantly and thoroughly, notably in his study of Zola, in approaching the individual man of genius. From the purely psychiatric standpoint, from the purely anthropological standpoint, it is alike impossible to interpret the phenomena of genius adequately. The methods, which are instructive in the lunatic of Solon, or those other methods, such as under Dr. Haddon's initiating influence, have been carried out by Dr. Brown in the islands of the west of Ireland which prove fruitful in isolated communities of the normal population are here both out of place. In a study of genius, which is biological in the widest sense of that term, we must obtain alike the psychological data and the anthropological data, normal and abnormal, and seek to balance them steadily, without swerving unduly either to the right hand or to the left. The plan of the present book is simple. The bulk of the volume is taken up with the succinct coordination and summation of the data before us, all introduction of foreign matter which might unduly outweigh the conclusions at any point being strictly excluded. In small type are inserted the results obtained by previous investigators on somewhat similar bodies of data, together with the results obtained by the study of other mentally abnormal groups. These results are often of the highest significance in enabling us to interpret our conclusions. In the appendices, I have brought together some of the elementary facts on which I have worked. The reader is thus enabled to examine and check my methods for himself. He will also, I hope, be able at many points to correct or amplify the original data. 
I have proposed to represent the results of this study graphically by means of curves. On consideration, however, it seems that such a method was unsuited to the nature of the data and might tend to mislead the reader. For most of the groups of facts here dealt with the data are necessary and complete, and although a more thorough sifting of the sources would certainly yield further facts, they would, in the end, still remain incomplete. It is undesirable to give an air of precision to data which we have indeed good reason to consider approximately correct, but which at the same time do not enable us to reach the exact composition of the whole of the groups we are dealing with. A. Vlog Ellis, Carbus Water, Lenant, Cornwall. End of Preface.